with the first pick. in to another episode of the Daft on Draft podcast. We've hit about over a handful of these episodes now, and you know it's not going to slow down now that uh, we got two more weeks of NFL season and it's full-time draft work. So uh, just finished up divisional rounds at the playoffs, uh, senior bowls in a week. So it, it's not slowing down anytime soon. So if you have your you need your, your your NFL draft content needs, you know where to look. Again, I am Corey Kinnon, uh, and again, I am with my wonderful co-host, Devin Jackson. Devin, another week. How are you feeling? Feeling pretty good, man. Uh, closing in on on the Senior Bowl, and, and that's when things really started to kick into gear. Um, and there's been a number of things, uh, you know, kind of taking place in kind of the, the draft tour community. Um as usual, quarterbacks dominate the conversation, but um, it, it's been interesting to see kind of 28 of the 32 teams now are in draft season and draft mode. And uh, it, it kind of really accelerates on who's everyone watching. And it seems like everyone's watching say flowers right now. I've seen a lot of talk about him and what he's been able to do, but, but that's kind of the beauty of draft season. You know, you, you get a lot of people that, typically don't follow the draft. They're following draft because their teams are now uh, eliminated and looking forward to, you know, April when, when the time comes to, to make the draft. So we're definitely hitting that time of year where takes are flying. And, uh, you know, once the, once all-star games hit, that's when, when you really started to see a ramp up. Yeah, that's, that's a hundred percent true. Again, as we mentioned multiple times now, senior bowl in a week, uh, a lot of changes to the roster since since the roster was originally announced. Again, we've had some guys decide to go back to school who originally accepted offers. We've had some guys who've left off offers on the table, uh, and we've had some guys that have have been late minute uh, guys who've pulled out of the the All Star game in general. So, uh, just to mention some of the big names of guys who have pulled out, you know, Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah, uh, Braden Daniels, offensive tackle out of Utah, uh, Siaki Ika. From Baylor, who we'll talk about tonight on the Defensive Tackles podcast. Uh, Zach Harrison out of Ohio State. Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. Owen Papo, linebacker out of Auburn. Ventrell Miller, linebacker out of Florida. Uh, Devon Witherspoon, that's a big one, man. That would have been so fun to see him down there. Uh, but his stock is soaring right now, so it kind of makes sense that he's just kind of kind of going to ride that out to the combine. Uh, Jordan Battle apparently still really is, is still injured. Um, safety out of Alabama. And then Jair Brown who's had invites to both the shrine and the, the senior bowl. Uh, but now he's not on the senior bowl roster anymore either. So I'm not sure what Jair is up to, but, uh, but again, with some players pulling out, uh, we've had some, some late ads as well. So uh, four bid, four big ones. Uh, I mean, one, not really big one because it's just honorary is Tennessee quarterback, Hendon hooker, who obviously tore his ACL down the stretch there. So he's not going to be playing, but going to be going through interviews he's going to be going you know just being a, a presence down there in mobile um offensive tackle warren mcclendon who is going to honor his teammate again warren mcclendon was in that car accident that uh that ended up uh killing two people from the, the georgia football program including one of his teammates so he's going to be wearing his number actually in mobile um charlotte wide receiver grant debose is, is going down there and then just announced tonight right before we started recording louisville quarterback malik cunningham will also be in 
Mobile next week at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Devin, what name sticks out to you in a, in a way of like, ah, I wish they'd be there. Like, I feel like they need this week. And which of those three, I guess, names are you most excited to see? I mean, personally, and like, you know, just kind of entertainment wise, I will, I would have loved to see Tyree Wilson one-on-ones, um, and get to see kind of that, that strength you see on his film, you know, kind of in person and, and see how we can, can really, you know, kind of solidify because, like, to me, I I still would have felt like if he went down there and accept the invite, he would have been like a one and done practice type of dude. Like, he would have wrecked things the first day of practice, and then he's like, okay, you know, that's that's all I need to to show. Uh, Devin with Witherspoon as well, um, mm-hmm. just because you know he is in. I mean, he's most people's top two or three defensive back in this class. Just his combination of physicality, fluidity, uh, and ball skills. Uh, but but looking at the the rest of this list, uh, you would love to see Owen Papo uh, there. You know, very athletic linebacker, but but his eyes and eye discipline was, was something uh, left to be desired. Um, and then you know a couple of safeties like Jair Brown, I had grown to like him in his game. Um, you know, over the last couple of seasons, and, and thought he had some really nice ball skills and uh, you know, showed some ability and run support. Uh, I thought you know him kind of building on that uh, on a rather, you know, kind of it's kind of a split safety ca- class that that we do have at, in Mobile. You know, you have like J.O. Skinner, uh, DeMarco Helens from Alabama. Um, and, and then, you know, the the list kind of drops off a little bit. I'm sure I'm forgetting a name or two as well. But um, I thought you had a really nice chance to to kind of separate himself in, in the safety classes uh, led by uh you know, really talented underclassmen in Brian Branch. Yeah, for sure. I mean, looking oh, Chris at the Smith, list again. Chris Smith from Georgia. That's that's who I was missing. Him, put him in that group of, of J.L. Skinner and DeMarco Helens. I probably put Smith ahead of both those guys. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I feel like Zach Wilson, or not Zach Wilson, Zach Harrison, uh, kind of the same way that we talked about, you know, Perrion Winfrey dominated one-on-ones because he's built like an ox and he's long and explosive. Like, I feel like Zach Harrison could have made a lot of money, a lot of money in Mobile uh, in those one-on-ones because, again, he's really explosive. And he learned how to use that explosiveness rather than trying to prove that he had bend. Uh, like, I felt like he tried to do a lot in his junior year. But uh, so that's an interesting one to me. I feel like I feel like uh, Zach Harrison really could have uh, popped a lot of eyes. Um Siaki Ika is another interesting one. Again, we'll talk about Siaki tonight. Uh, both of us are a little bit lower on him than consensus. Uh, but again, his consensus ranking is, is kind of high. So I get it. If he feels like, you know what, I don't, I don't really need this. My ranking is, is kind of already up there. Then yeah, sure. I get it, whatever. But, uh, he's just a guy I feel like could have shown a little something in mobile and one-on-ones that you don't really see on his tape. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess that's a good segue, uh, Devin. Then you were talking about, defensive tackles tonight so um no siaki ika at the senior bowl uh again as we do with all of our positional rankings we go five through one give our rankings talk a little about a little bit about each of the prospects we hit on for defensive tackles though we're going to do it a little bit different uh because dt1 in this class is very very obvious that jalen carter is is a uh, you know probably a class above every single other one of these defensive tackles so we don't want to waste one of our through five on a guy we know. So what we're going to do is actually do two through six. I'll let Devin talk a little bit about what 
about uh, Jalen Carter, and then we're going to dive into two through six. We still get those five names without burning one of them on an obvious candidate. So, Devin, Jalen Carter, why is he talked about about as perhaps the best defensive player in the class? Him and Will Anderson, what what does he bring to the table? Uh, I mean, simply to, to, to kind of put it bluntly, we were talking about him uh, a little bit more than we were Jordan Davis last cycle. And I think that kind of speaks to uh, what he brings to the table. He's, he has powerful hands, uh, you know, can can anchor really well in the middle of the defense. Uh, just incredibly quick off the football. Uh, you know, the quickness we really haven't seen in, in quite some time from a defensive ta- defensive tackle prospect. Um, and just, just being able to combine moves. He's not just a guy that's going to bull rush you. He's not a guy that's just going to swim you. Uh, he uses his active hands, swipes him away, uh, able to dip and, and bend, uh, at, at his size, which is very, it, it's just unheard of for a player of his size and stature. Um, and, and he just wrecks game plans, uh, simply put, you know, if you, you think about the Ohio State game, Ohio State Georgia game, they made such a detailed plan to, to slow him down and, and keep him, from from making noise he still did what he had to do you know whether it was double teams where he was getting chip blocked um he still found a way to to cause havoc and i i think that just speaks to the type of player he is so he is defensive tackle one i I don't really want to hear a debate i know there's a defensive tackle from an acc school that ended up in a uh, top 10 in a mock um and I, I just don't see him in that category or close to that category uh, for my one or two, frankly, uh, as well. I don't see him in a category in my top six. <laughs> uh, so I, I, mean, I, I think we'll probably talk about him a little bit tonight too, when we get there, but uh, yeah, I mean, Jalen Carter, such it's, it's, it's a no brainer. Like he's got heavy hands. He moves laterally well for his size when it is, you know, when it's time to pin his ears back, I can tell he has a pre-snap plan and he's got a, a hot motor and, and he knows how to hit counters. Like what do, this guy's got everything. So uh, again, he does have that knee injury in his past. So we'll, we'll see about the medicals, but like on tape, there's absolutely nothing that says this guy's not dominant. So uh, we just, there's really no need to talk anymore about Jalen Carter. Uh, but now again, going six through two. So we still hit those five numbers, Devin DT six for you. Who is it? Yeah. So I want to preface my rankings to say, I am not a fan of defensive tackles that are space eaters. Primarily, that's the primarily or function. And I understand there's a role for them. Um, but I just wanted to preface my rankings by saying that because I understand, like, you know, there's going to be a need for nose tackles or there's a need for one text guys that, that clog up running lanes. Uh, but I like my guys a little bit more versatile and can, bring a little bit of both. But anyway, my number six defensive tackle is uh Kobe Wooden from Auburn. Um mm-hmm. I really, really like his game. Uh I went to Penn State Auburn game uh earlier this season uh just as a fan and every single play I felt like he was in on it. You know, and then you went back and watched the tape, you you see him able to bench press offensive linemen and uh uh two gaps at at points and, and be able to um you know, make the tackles in the backfield or at the line of scrimmage. I really like his leverage that he plays with, uh, has some strong hands. Um, I thought he could do a, be a little bit better on double teams. That was one of my my negatives. I thought he didn't drop his knee. Like, there, you know, there's a certain technique to to be able to, to split double teams, dropping your knee and, and trying to win in, in kind of the leverage battle. 
And I thought, you know, he tried a little bit too much to to go around it or go through it. And that caused him to, to kind of get displaced from his hole. Uh, but, but I really like his pass rush upside as well. Uh, has a has a nice swim move, uh, can replace the hands, bull rush as well, one hand stab. Um, so I, I really like the kind of the the overall skill set he brings to the table. Um, he ended up with a a late round three grade for me. Uh, I just think he's probably more, trending to more a a day three player. But I was really impressed with him. Um, and, and thought you know he he should certainly be uh, in the consideration as. Uh, you know, not a top defensive tackle in this class, but but a very talented one. Yeah, I like Wooden a bit too. I think I have he's I have a, a day three grade on on Wooden, and I have him uh, I think eight, a little bit further down my list. I think with some of the concerns I have with Wooden is like, is he an end or is he a tackle? Um, because he did both at Auburn. Right. Uh, and, and some of his play strength stuff and tackle that tackle was like, eh. but some of his explosive stuff at end was like, eh. so I think those are some questions I have about wooden. And also he's got 32 inch arms. Mm. So uh, when we're talking about creating leverage points, when we're talking about uh, the ability to get into defenders chests, like those are, I, I clearly see like, and somebody's going to love the versatility of, of wooden. Like, I think that means he could play, probably play a lot of four eyes some five tech, like, and you could probably get a really good usage out of him. Uh, so I get it. I get the appeal of Wooden. He's a, he's a he's a good player. Um, my six uh, is actually Jervon Dexter out of Florida. Uh, again, Jeff and I talked about this. This is probably the first podcast where we're really going to disagree on a lot of our rankings, uh, and where I feel like our consensus, like we're going to be way off with consensus of defensive tackles, and that's okay. Like we're that's that's fine. Uh, Jervon Dexter is, is a lot higher in consensus ranks. Like he's going top forty in mock drafts, top fifty in mock drafts. And and I get it. I'd probably still take him top fifty. Uh, eh, maybe not. Eh, maybe not. Maybe I talked too soon on that. But Jervon Dexter, I see the tools, man. He's explosive as hell. Like super explosive. Really heavy hands. Converts speed to power really well. But I don't think he does anything other than work through the chest of, of blockers. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't think he has a pass rush plan on passing downs. I don't think he knows how to use his hands at all, man. Like it's all straight through the chest. It's all bull rush. It's all um, long arm like that. That's it. Uh, So I I really struggle with him as a pass rusher. Uh, I think his pad level is not very consistent, not very disciplined. Um, What I think why I'm so low on him the most is his motor. Like, man, I don't, he's, at least on tape, I don't think he's engaged every single time he's on the field. I think every single he's on the field. Um, and so I really struggle with Dexter tape. I think his ceiling is extraordinary. If he gets a coach that, that lights a fire under him and that can refine his hands a little bit to, to do more than just work through the chest uh, and can, can get him to fire out low consistently, then yeah, man, his lower half is is rocked up. His lower half is explosive as hell. So I get it. His ceiling is really high. But I feel confident saying that the floor of Decker is one of the lowest in the draft class of guys that you'll see up at the top. Like I think Jalen Hyatt's floor is really low too out of 10, the wide receiver of Tennessee. But I, I, I think Jervon Dexter's floor is really low if he doesn't figure it out. Yeah. Dexter is not in my top five. I'll go ahead and say that. Um, it, it was a lot of the concerns you you said, the 
the lack of pass rush plan, you know, just not using his hands enough for a guy of that size. Um, so he is uh, DT number eight for me currently. Um, but I, I still think he, he's a good player. But those concerns, especially not using his hands uh, mm-hmm. very well at, at that size and, and where he's going to end up playing uh, really concern me and why he, he didn't make my top five. But uh, going going with the the next one at number five for me is uh, Mazzy Smith from uh, Michigan. Um, I think he is a very very uh, explosive athlete uh, with untapped potential. Still, um, he's a he's a player that you know immediately came in this season and was a good run defender, able to um, you know slash and and, and gash um, in slanting. Um, and be able to to be a a force in the run game. For me, it was a lot of times he's not super quick off the ball, which which I'm not sure why that exactly is. Because uh, you see the explosive profile, I know he has an explosive profile. Uh, pass rush plan uh, also leaving some things to be desired because you see the tools he has. You know, he, he's a, a explosive player, but, but I didn't see him uh, really make much of an effort outside of, you know, trying to bull rush or trying to swim and trying to win quickly uh, at, at the point of attack and, and pass sets. And for me, I, I just wanted to see more. I was, I was left wanting more from his film more so than, you know, like some of the other players that, that are ahead of him and, and why he ended up at number five for me. Yeah. Uh, that's a good segue to me because he's my, he's my number five as well. So um yeah, number five for me as well is is Mozzie Smith. So um, I have some of those same concerns, but I think at the end of the day, like w- when he does get off the ball, well, he ragdolls, dude, man. Like he ragdolls dudes. Like he's got such heavy hands. Again, he's he's the, the top uh, rated player on Bruce Feldman's freak list for a reason. And it, it kind of shows up on tape, heavy hands. Uh, really, really explosive, can really generate movement off the line of scrimmage when he gets into the chest of blockers across from him. And I've even seen him do some freaky stuff where he's stunting outside and playing outside of his frame around, around the outside track. Like, those are really uncoachable things. Um, but again, as you mentioned, there's uncoachable things that Mozzie's really get under wraps as well. Uh, he's going to go second round. Like, he's not falling out of the second round. That's just how it is. Uh, he's going to test off the charts. He's going to... You know, even he had that that like gun charge that got dropped to a misdemeanor in November. Uh, I, I, teams are going to look right past that again. It's it's not it's not a big deal. It got dropped to a misdemeanor, so um, he's a he's an explosive, powerful dude with sledgehammers for hands, and uh, so that's why he sits at number five for me too. Again, there's just some of that coachable stuff that just needs a little bit of sharpening. Um, and again, as we're talking, we're getting into to our top five even our six, um, at least my six, like I think all these dudes could go top 65, like top 64 that we're talking about. Um, I, again, I'm a little lower in wooden, uh, but I could see a team biting, but we're talking about Dexter. We're talking about Mozzie Smith. Like these guys can go top 65. They're, they're going to go top 65. So, uh, it's a, it's a pretty deep defensive tackle class, uh, from top into depth. So, uh, if you need a defensive tackle, like my team, the Cleveland Browns, this is a good one to, to need one in. So uh, moving into number four, Devin, who you got it for? Yeah, this one's going to make you happy. It's Byron Young from Alabama. Ooh. Um, 
I loved his tape, man. Um, and we talked about it. I was I was blown away. I don't know what I was expecting. I know you said good things about, it, but still, you know, you tried to keep that clear mind of you don't want it to, you know, interfere with your evaluation. So, you know, we had talked about weeks ago. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna wait a little bit. I'm gonna go ahead and watch him. You know, for, kind of forget about what you said about him and. Man, that, he is a an impressive player. Um, just the explosiveness, his ability to like. There's so many techniques that he's using that is like NFL stuff, like the forklift I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. Uh, he forklift Darnell Wright. He forklift uh, like two or three Ole Miss um, offensive linemen in that. That game. Ole Miss tape is nutty. Yeah, it's some he, of my favorite tape of the entire cycle. That Ole Miss tape. My goodness. Yeah, I, I was hit the Tennessee Ole Miss games were were really ones for me that I was like, okay, like this is what I'm looking for in like a top defensive tackle. Like I want to see someone that's explosive, uses their hands well, um, can win on an outside track. He did that several times uh against Ole Miss. So mm-hmm. there were so many good things to like about his tape, um, and, and what he was able to do. Want to see him anchor a little bit better in the run game. I think there was sometimes uh, he was getting double teamed and, and, you know, he got displaced a little bit, but I didn't see him like, you know, get like knocked on the ground or anything like that. Uh, just, just slightly di- displaced and uh, left a, a hole in the, the running game, but you're going to get a versatile dude that, that is really talented. And uh, you talk about making some money in Mobile. I think he's going to, going to be that guy that to do that. I a hundred percent agree. And I'll talk a little bit more about Byron later because he's a little bit higher than me for four. Uh, than four, than four for me. So my fourth guy is Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. Uh, here's the thing about Keanu Benton. I was really low on him about at the midway point of the season. I watched this tape and I was like, man, this guy didn't get better. This guy didn't get better. But then Jim Leonard took over and something switched in that defensive unit. But those dudes turned it up, including Keanu Benton. And his tape down the stretch is, is really good. It's pretty stinking good. Uh, and again, he's got long 34-inch arms. He's explosive. He moves really, really well for his size. He's an agile dude for being as big as he is. So uh, again, there's a lot of tools to work with with, with Keanu Benton. Um, and I think he understands how to attack as a pass rusher a little bit better than uh, some of these other guys, the Dexters we're talking about, the, the Mozzie Smiths we're talking about. And I think that's what kind of separates him. Uh, so I put him at four for me. Uh, again, I think he's going to test really well at the combine. I think he's going to have a really good week in Mobile. Like Keanu Benton's pretty stinking good. Uh, Dane Brugler's been mocking him in like the 40s uh, in mock drafts. So uh, the NFL loves him. Um, Keanu Benton's good, man. It's incredible to me. Again, what sets him apart is how light he is on his feet. Like that dude is incredibly agile for his size. Uh, I don't know if I should be surprised or not, but he's my number three guy um, on my list. Um, so Keanu, Keanu Benson, a lot of what you said is a lot of what I've been, you know, kind of echoing about him. Um, I think he is him and Byron Young, I think, can or they might really tear up Mobile, man. Like <laughs> it, it. It might be an ugly day for the centers and guards down in Mobile. Uh, but, but Benton is someone I I recall watching him like the, the summer before the 2021 season. And I, don't, I just do on some Illinois and Wisconsin tape. I'm, I see some guy two gapping. I'm like, oh, wait a minute now. You know, like that's when I got intrigued and I kept watching the game. And there were times like he was winning so quickly off the ball and, 
Uh, I watched the game earlier in the season against Washington State, too, and there was a couple plays where he was in the backfield. Luckily, Cam Ward was elusive because he, he would have had two or three sacks in that game alone. Um, then, like you said, down the stretch, he played really, really well. Um, and, and I just like his uh, skill set, and I think he's going to fit in the modern NFL. It's going to allow him to be on the field more than more than two downs as well because I think the pass rush upside is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to, if you want a marquee game of Bettons to watch, one t- the twenty twenty one tape uh, against Purdue, dude, that he gets into somebody's chest and just drives them, the center's chest and just drives them five yards in the backfield. It's unbelievable. Uh, but this season, um, I watched the Minnesota game down the stretch, um, and my goodness, he's dominant in that Minnesota game. Again, we're talking about a center that a lot of people like, and John Michael Schmitz, and then Benton gave him fits all game, like. Um, He's a really good athlete and a really good player at his size. Uh, again, cat's out of the bag. I love Byron Young. He's my number three. Uh, dude, I, I don't get it. I've talked with uh, Dane Brugler a little bit about this. And scouts have a like day three grades on this guy. And I, I don't get it. Uh, and again, this is one of those players who I'm just not going to line up consensus with. And just like he is like the definition of a guy I would pound the table for. Uh, again, although you, you mentioned it, he's explosive 33 and five eighth inch arms, pretty, pretty long arms, knows how to get into blockers chest. He's powerful, can convert speed to power, plays a lot of four I five tech as well for Alabama. And, he, and it, you mentioned he wins along the outside track. He's versatile. He's powerful. He two gaps really well, man. Like that Tennessee game, he's two gapping at a really high level. Um, man, I love Byron Young. One of my favorite favorite players in this class i think he's going to tear it up in mobile uh and then he's going to go to Mo- uh, to the to indianapolis and he's going to test really well uh i think byron young's on the rise from you know this w- why ever nfl scouts don't like him at this point uh, i think we're going to see byron young take a big rise but he's my dt3 man i've been on the byron young dt3 train for a long time and his tape hasn't gotten worse like he's a he's a, an explosive dominant player like that old miss tape again like i was saying is is nutty uh he had two sacks in that game of uh, one where he works nick broker like the last one on that last drive he works nick broker throws him inside outside inside sheds him sacks jackson dart it's unbelievable how much he's stacked peaking shedding in one rep but uh he's he's he knows how to use his hands better than most players in this class like the amount of hand usage that he puts on tape is astounding uh i love byron young man i love him yeah like i said man i just blown away you know and and look isn't how you love uh byron young is is my love for keanu benson they're they're both mm-hmm. our third guys so i think that speaks to you know the types of players one we like and then two just like you know, explosive athletes that know how to use their hands. That that's that's a big one for me. Like mm-hmm. I I under I understand the allure of uh Ika and, and what he's able to do, but man, I the hand usage is it is is critical. And we see mm-hmm. that every down in the NFL. Number two for me is Brian Brousset from Clemson. Um listen, I'm not I'm not going to, you know, uh try and and figure out why people are, are low on this guy. Um, I understand that he has had an injury history. It's going to be big. Medicals are going to be huge. Mm-hmm. For him. But when he's on the field, man, he is, he is damn disruptive. Yes, um, he is. 
and and they use them all over the line. You you need them to, to play four eye, five, uh, bump down into the interior. He's ca- causing havoc at any any place that he is. Um, North Carolina tape was was absolutely astounding. Uh, being able to win on the outside track uh, as well at his size too, uh, at three hundred pounds, um, and and looking nimble on his feet. And there are a lot of times where he like quickly wins and he just can't get to the quarterback because he throws it so quickly. And to me, I still count that as a, a a positive. I think a lot of people are kind of looking at the the box scores and seeing that he doesn't have the production that uh, Jalen Carter has or uh, a Keanu Benton or some of the other guys uh, that are being talked about in the top 50. But there's a reason he keeps getting mocked by like the Dane Bruglers of the world and, and Jordan Reeds and in, inside the top 10, 15. Uh, he, he's an explosive dude who's probably going to test off the charts. When oh, he's going to test off. It's going to be a freak show. After yeah. Hour, so uh, then everyone's going to be like, oh, see, told you he was top 10 all along. You know, so it, it's going to be one of those situations for sure. Yeah, that North Carolina tape, man. I, I watched that the other day and those reps you're talking about there's like a, it's a two point two play back-to-back sequence where he uh lines up with the right tackle uh in a, a five tech look and push pulls him and dips around the outside shoulder which at six five three hundred pounds is unbelievable but then the next play the, the offensive tackle kind of anticipates that and oversets on him and he hits him with the spin move inside and and gets a pressure it's just he's so light on his feet. So agile does some things that dudes who are six, five, 300 pounds shouldn't be able to do with their body. Uh, again, the medicals are going to be huge. Again, I do think there, there is some credence. Some of his early, like his early season tape is, eh, it's a little passive. It's a little passive. Um, uh, but again, like when there's dudes who are built in labs and can do things that not normal people can do, you have to point that out. And Brian Bercy is, is like the definition of that. Uh, the definition of that. And so I, I think that rounds out our, our two through sixes. Uh, again, mine were, again, Jalen Carter's at one, uh, Brian Bercy at two, Byron Young at three, Keanu Benton at four, Mozzie Smith at five, Javon Dexter at six. Devin. Yeah, for me, Jalen Carter one, Brian Brisset two, uh, Keanu Benton three, uh, Byron Young four, uh, Mozzie Smith five, and then Kobe Wooden at six. Nice. Devin, we also have to talk. There's a couple of defensive tackles. One who's getting mocked in the top 10 by Mel Kuyper that I have no idea why he's getting mocked in the top 10 because I he, I don't know. If he's like a fringe top 10 tackle, in my opinion. Um, and another one who is getting mocked first round who neither of us had in our top six. So let's start there. Why are you low on Siaki Ika out of Baylor? I just didn't see him get better. I I honestly didn't like when I watched him over the summer, I was like, okay, this dude, you know, has some explosiveness, you know, he's pushing the pocket, you know, he, he is, uh, you know, winning at the point of attack. Uh, then you turn on the tape this year and it was underwhelming. He still had some wins, you know, here and there, but he wasn't a style in the run game. He was, he was getting double teamed and getting moved out the ball and being displaced. And then, you know, like, there's just not much there in terms of a pass rush plan. You know, it's it's a bull rush, a swim move. Um, and then pretty much from there, like you see it kind of get stalled out, you know, whether it's he might win on the swim move, but then, you know, kind of just get clogged in kind of the mess of the offensive line and he just never gets through. Um, and a lot of his wins are late, 
you know, a lot of the times he's disengaging right as the quarterback's throwing the ball, you know, he's, he's there in his face, but the ball's already gone. So there were just, just things on this tape that it, it just didn't add up, you know, like where he's being mocked at in, in the level of play. I just didn't see the same level of play from his previous tape. Cause if we're going off last year's tape, I, I hundred percent, I could see it, but this year's tape, it, it just took a step back. I didn't see him uh, be as dominant as you want a, a defensive tackle or no sack you're, you're planning on taking in the first round. I want him making plays almost every drive, and there are long stretches of time, especially in the TCU tape and Oklahoma tape, where he was even on the field. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if you can play him three downs, man. I have those same fears, man. Uh, again, sure. He's a good space eater, but like, why are you drafting a space eater in the first round? If that's, if that's what you're looking at again, we are talking about, you mentioned the Oklahoma, the Texas, the TCU tape. He is off the field a lot. And I don't think that's because they're preserving him for the NFL. I think that's because like, what are you going to do when teams come out in 11 personnel with four and four wide? Like what's, what's Ika bringing to bring into your team in, in those situations. So uh man I, I i like his old miss tape last year at the bowl game is dominant like it's really good you can see a passer's playing you can see him get after the quarterback you can see him get pressures uh you can see that a little bit of stop start a hot hot step off the first step off the line of scrimmage but like what happened in 2022 then like why does it look like pedestrian almost like yeah he can take on two he can he's a run stuffer but like that's not a it's not a first round pick that's not a top five defensive tackle in this class. So I don't know, man. I really struggled with thinking he did too. I'm really interested to see how he tested his size. Cause I mean, people say he's a good at like a freak athlete for his size, but again, he pulled out of the senior bowl and putting a lot of stock on that. And maybe he's not, again, he's getting mocked in the first round. So scouts obviously love him. So maybe he's not putting any stock in the combine, but like what happens if he goes there and doesn't test well, how far is he going to Like what's going to happen? So Ika's an interesting case, but Again, I'm with you. I don't I don't see a three-down player, man. Uh, and then this guy that I kind of hit it at when you talk about is Clancy, who Mel Kuyper mocked in the top 10 of a mock draft recently. And, man, I, we neither of us have had him in our top six. I think he's a day three player. Like, I mean, this guy's probably 5'10", 270 pounds soaking wet. Like, those arms don't look very long. I I struggle to see how some of he's getting away with in the ACC is going to translate. Like he's getting off the ball hot and he's blown by dudes. Like good for Cansey. Like the reason he's one of the tackles in the nation and it, that during his time at Pitt. But like when you're playing a Jason Kelsey or uh, some of these elite centers in the league, some of these elite guards in the league, Opatonio, Wyatt Teller, uh, um, these dominant linemen, like that's, I don't think that's going to fly. You can't hit him with a spin move every single time you come off the ball. Like it's, I don't see how his game translates when he doesn't have length to get into dude's chests. And again, this is different at Oliver being six one two eighty five. This is different than Aaron Donald being six foot two two eighty five. Like this dude's probably five ten two seventy. With ah, I mean, if his arms are over thirty two inches long, they're not over thirty two inches long by much. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I look, I I saw a explosive player that, you know, was able to uh, you know, kind of knife through defenses and and win with his speed off the ball and uh the spin move is deadly, but you just wonder how that's going to translate, man. 
And I, I just don't see it translating as well, you know, to the NFL game. And I think that's kind of the reason why, you know, he's like a fringe top 10 guy for me uh, at, the, at the defensive tackle position. You see so many guys mm-hmm. that have the size, that have the arm length, you know, that have the explosive tape. And he has good tape. I'm not going not going to say he doesn't. He has good tape. But is it sustainable is the question. You think about the the guys that have broken some of the NCAA records for like interceptions or uh for sacks sometimes. Like the way you can win at the college level is not the same, you know? And I just don't see that directly translating now i think he could be you know there's a situation maybe you play him at three tech or you let him one you know one gap or or let him shoot gaps and i could see him having some success in league but a guy that you take in top 10 he he better be um producing at a uh, not an all pro level but at least a pro bowl level early on and i just don't see that with him i think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve how to win without length especially um, and then how to be savvy about it. I think he has some savviness this game, but I don't see a, a, a guy that should be mocked in the first round, frankly. Again, I think he's a day three player, and like, I really school to see how that game's going to translate. Again, I think he's a good player. So, Bear Ben, maybe you put him on the field in like uh, obvious pass rush situation sub packages, but man, I, I think he's going to get blown off the ball. I think he's going to get eaten up at the NFL level. And again, I could be wrong. Like, we could this not take your uh, freezing cold takes could come and find this podcast and four years from now and three years from now and Kansi is blowing up the league. But, uh, I mean, he's got excellent production at the college level, but I think there's a really different standard between ACC tackles and what he's going to be facing at the NFL level, man. Yeah, I, I mean, you think about the ACC tackles he went up against. I mean, it's not it's not a ton of NFL talent there, you know. So I I look I I think he he can very well be a fine player, but if we're expecting a Aaron Donald type situation, I think we're fooling ourselves here. Completely agree, man. So I think we we kind of see, I guess, our outliers in this defensive class, defensive tackle class, a little bit the same, even if our top five didn't topics didn't completely line up. Uh, but again, Devin, we're to the point now where uh, we do this every week. We we talk a player or two that has really stood us in this past week when we've been uh, watching tape, kind of building our big boards. So, Devin, I'll turn the floor over to you for your first guy that's really stood out to you. Yeah, I'll go with uh, Isaiah McGuire from Missouri. Um, he is just a, a really interesting player. Um, you know, I was, was just watching, trying to uh catch a, a few more guys before I, I head over to mobile next week and, and getting some some more background on some of these dudes and man i like mcguire a lot um really liked his ability to uh use his link to um you know kind of uh stack shed and and like take kind of take a peek and and make tackles in a run game um thought he had some some first step explosiveness in in uh pass rush situations um, doesn't have a, a great pass rush plan, but, but you can see him bend, bend corners, uh, be able to use his hands, hand swipes to, to disengage. Uh, he has some good moments against, uh, Broderick Jones as well, uh, in his tape against Georgia. Uh, but I really liked his tape against Georgia, especially. I thought he was all over the field making tackles in the run game, uh, creating pressures in, in the past, past situations. Uh, in his tape against, um, 
against Florida as well. I thought he had some nice moments too in that game too. Uh, just want to see a better pass rush plan, kind of use more of that link that he has um, and converting speed to power a little bit better um, and, and just kind of stringing moves a little bit together more. Uh, but, but I ended up with a, a day two grade on him, uh, like a mid third rounder. And it, it just kind of shows how deep this edge class is too. Uh, when you can find a guy like him, probably might, might get pushed to day three, uh, just with, with how much depth this edge class is. I, I don't see him. He's not like a guy that's like sticking out from, from kind of that pack. Uh, I kind of see like him, Zach Harrison, Derek Hall kind of in that conglomerate of, of edges that are really good and, and have some, uh, you know, like some good power or, or you know, a menace in the run game, some length. Uh, but, but I haven't put it all together, but, but I really like this game. I love it up to 2021 tape. I haven't been yet. Uh, again, we haven't talked edge, so I'm sure I'll get there. Uh, again, I'm tr- trying to knock through some of these top guys in the class, but I'll hit these to pieces later. But McGuire's a guy who has my interest. Um, my first guy, man, I have a new draft crush that I watched the other day, man, in, in Cincinnati wide receiver Tyler Scott. I wish I would have watched this guy before uh, we talked wide receivers because he would have been a fringe top five guy for me uh, when we were talking wide receivers. Like he's, he's explosive, man. He's again, not very big, but when we're talking wide class, like who is, you know, we're talking about a bunch of guys who are five, 10, five, 11, 185 pounds. So uh, he's already been clocked at a four, two, nine, 40 yard dash. Uh, and his change of direction is Unbelievable for how fast he is. So uh, he can get in and out of breaks, almost lossless, almost lossless uh, speed. Man, he's really freaking good. And, and his route is like pretty full. Like he'll run in breakers, he'll run breakers, he'll run posts, run vertical. Uh, he's got a pretty full route tree. Uh, and one thing surprisingly Cincinnati didn't do is give him a lot of factor touches, which I think is definitely within his scope and skills at the NFL level. So uh, this can take the top off. And he is explosive and dynamic so tyler scott blew me away actually graded him out as wide receiver six and i think uh i think he's gonna go in the second round dude he's he's good yeah he's been a player uh that i got on my list to to take a look at and you know just seeing clips and passing of, of how fast and explosive he is um definitely intrigues me so i'm looking forward to dive in diving into to his game uh the other player that i wanted to mention um is uh, a guy that I don't see uh going early in the draft or even early day three. I see more of a, a late day three, uh and, and maybe even a priority UDFA guy. But uh Daniel Scott, the safety from Cal, uh he's a six year guy, uh is is you know, older guy. I think he's twenty four years old now, uh, which immediately makes him a day three guy, uh just in the, at that position. Uh, in his size, he's not a terribly big dude. I think he was like six foot two, two oh five. Um, but I really liked his his versatility, um, especially because uh, with Kyle, they they kind of use him all over the field at nickel. Uh, kind of rotated him into one high looks, uh, two high looks. Um, kind of his usage, I won't say this is a direct comp, uh, but kind of his usage remind me of Reed Blakenship uh, coming when he was coming out of Middle Tennessee. Okay. Uh, and he's carved a, a nice role with the Eagles yeah, as the CFA. Uh, I kind of I kind of see a similar path for him. I, I really like his ability to attack the football. Uh, there was a play against Washington State where uh, he started off in a two high look, rotated to a uh, single high, 
uh, didn't have anything threatening immediately play side. So he found the backside post and went and got an interception in the red zone uh, against Cam Ward in that offense. So that play really piqued my interest. There's a couple plays he made against USC too. Uh, nice job, you know, um, knifing through and making the tackle in the backfield on, on the screen pass. And then uh, there was a short in-breaking or out-breaking route, uh, just a quick out. Uh, that he uh, closed on and got his hand on from from about eight yards uh, off the ball. And and I was like, okay, he, he can make some plays. And, and man, um, made some plays in single high as well. Well, carved together a really nice season. His best game was probably Stanford. Uh, there was a, a seam route that uh, McKee, uh, Tanner McKee, tried to throw. He was able to get underneath it, got a pick, and then he also had a forced fumble in that game. So production is there, bit of an older guy. I think he's probably going to get a lot of special teams work early in his career. He was he was virtually on every special teams, but he'll be down in Mobile. So it'll give me a better look on where exactly does he fit. Is he going to be in a two-high look? Is he a one-high guy? Um, do you put him at nickel? So I expect him to be he was kind of all over the place in Mobile, but certainly uh, you know, kind of piqued my interest just with, you know, one, how many different – positions he lined up at and then two just making some plays on the football and having some ball skills so um I don't I'm not sure if he's going to crack you know someone's top 10 or even top 15 safety rankings but if you're looking for a guy that that can can come in and at least push for a roster spot I certainly see that path for him I'm excited to dive into the safety class a little bit in more depth I've getting got some of the top guys in the class but the safeties eventually then I'll get there um High praise. Uh, my second guy, and we're going to talk corners next week. I can say definitively that we're going to talk corners next week because we talked about it already beforehand. Um, so I won't go into him in too much depth because I don't want to spoil an episode for next week. But uh, Maryland corner, Deontay Banks, dude, that guy's a dog. Uh, I just watched the Ohio State game today, and I watched the Penn State game too. Uh, but the Ohio State game, man, uh, he's he's pretty much matched up on Marvin Harrison most of the game. Again, he, he got some reps against Julian Fleming in as well. Um, there's one rep where Ohio State tries to run mesh, uh, where Julian Fleming is one of the shot crossers, and he doesn't get off the ball. He just doesn't get into his route uh, because Banks squares him up and puts his hands on him and doesn't, and, and it's it's over. Uh, the reps are so, uh, and he comes back and uh, plays later and it hits uh, on man coverage on on Marvin Harrison Jr. who runs a comeback. Uh, and, and Marvin does a really good job to stem his route. Obviously, it's Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best receiver in the nation, but does a really good job to stem his routes to open up Banks' hips before breaking off back outside on his comeback. And Banks' speed transitions right right with him, stride for stride, uh, to to get his entire body turned around and flip his hips. So uh, I see the hype. Again, Dane Miller mocked him in the first round, and I was like, who the, who the hell is this guy? So checked him out, man. I, Banks can play. He can play vertical speed. I think I mean he's not as fluid as a guy like Christian Gonzalez or as fluid as a guy like Devin Witherspoon, but uh and again we'll come out of like some technique stuff more next week and, and really go in depth. But he's a dog and he's not afraid to use his hands. Uh and some of the reps where he's deconstructing blocks is are just just hilarious. Um so uh bank up there for me, man. Yeah, I was telling you uh, earlier, um, I just remember like first week or two, like I was just going through and just I think I went back and looked at some, you know, senior bowl, like, you know, preseason guys and Jacorian Bennett came out. So I was like, OK, I'll, I'll take a look at 
uh, you know, well, what's up with this Maryland's defense? And and I was like, you know, Bennett had a, a pretty good game. I think he had like one or two interceptions in that game. But it's like, who's who's this other corner? You know, like I see him like closing on routes pretty quickly, you know, transitioning well. And I'm mad at myself I didn't follow up on that uh, just because, you know, you get lost in the season and, and watching other dudes. But I'm very excited to go back and, and take a look at him a little bit closer and, and seeing, you know, just just how good he is. And, and very excited to see, um, man, this corner class is special, special, special talents, man, for sure. And I'm 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 excited to to dive into it more. We got Witherspoon done and um, did Porter Jr. as well. Got Christian Gonzalez on the list. So getting through some of the top guys, but even some of the, the depth guys I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, we'll be back next week. Uh, again, lots of NFL draft stuff coming up. I mean, in the next month, we'll have school and combine Shrine Bowl, all this stuff coming up. So uh, a lot to look forward to. Uh, but for now, again, we've we've talked so far, man, Devin, we've hit running back. Although we haven't hit running back in depth. We just talked about B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. We still have a running back to do. We talked about wide receiver, tight end, offensive tackle, uh, defensive tackle. Is that it? Yep. Yep. That's, that's yeah, all we so have so far. We've, we've hit four position groups already. Uh, again, next week will be corner. So that'll be five for us. Uh, by the time we're done with this, we'll have enough prospects watch to have board conversation, maybe, maybe a little bit of live mock draft auction. So, uh, action. So uh, we're just getting started. So, uh, again, our, our views, Devin, have been growing every week. So that's really exciting. Um, but, I think that's it for now, Devin. You got anything for the people before we head out? Man, uh, just just excited to get down to Mobile and cover the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, get there in person and seeing a lot of the guys we talked about tonight. Because uh, there's a, there's a handful of them that are going to be down at the Senior Bowl and, and can make a name for themselves. So, especially for me, I think I'm mo- most excited for those one on ones, defensive tackles, and edge class. I think they're going to dominate the offensive line class. Mm-hmm. They got some good offensive linemen that's going to be down there. Some that can can certainly help their stock, but I think overall there's going to be a lot of lot of uh, fun reps happening. And and man, you're really going to see kind of some of these guys up close and personal. And I think it's, it's going to be a good week, man. Yeah, Devin will be there. I will not be. I'm jealous. Haven't been there since 2020. Uh, but again, I have a one year old and five. You know, leaving my wife for five days isn't isn't super doable, right? So, uh, but hopefully next year, hopefully next year. Um, yeah, Devin, we should find time to chat next week. I hope, but now that I think. Oh yeah. 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 We uh, will. We will. Uh, don't worry about that. (laughs) Uh, again, the past few years, they've done a really good job of doing virtual credentials. Will they still give you access to film even when you aren't there? So I'm hoping I can get and and at least break down film so I can join the conversation next week. So, uh, but I think that's, that's it again. You can find me at Real Corey Kinnon and Devin. I can find you at Real D underscore Jackson. There we go. All right, people. Next week, uh, that's it for the Daft Draft Podcast.